WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. Download the free local news app today. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. Friends of Stevensville is thanking voters for approving a ballot proposal to prohibit marijuana businesses in the village this week. Group founder Mary Jo Tomasini tells us heading into the elections, she wasn't sure how it was going to go. She's grateful the residents made their voices heard. We didn't want a marijuana store in Stevensville, but there were many people that felt that it was going to hurt the youth, that there was a high school right down the road, that that wasn't a good situation. There were several people that felt that we don't want a business in town that has to operate on cash and have an armed guard in front. We really want a business that is going to attract a broader audience. Tomasini says there's still work to do as the village council will have to find other ways of paying for road repairs than using the intended marijuana tax revenue. She hopes more residents get involved now that the issue has been resolved. The Benton Harbor Area Schools Board of Education has heard from the public about its search for a new superintendent. At a meeting this week, trustees uh, took public comments, most of which were in support of keeping interim superintendent Kelvin Butts in the role. Former trustee Matthew Bradley said there's no need for a big superintendent search. Why are we wasting taxpayer money on another search, especially when we have a qualified candidate here amongst us? This is not a time for a search. District Teachers Union President Brenda Terrell also asked to keep butts in the position. We've had good conversations with him about getting our district back on track. And I really don't think that our teachers are going to be able to stand for another person to come in here and bring their clunies or whoever. And then we have to start all over again. It's hurting our kids. Benton Township Supervisor Kathy Yates said there's no need to bring in someone new when they have someone already here who cares about the kids. The board was making no decision at the meeting, and Trustee Ronaldo Triplett said the board just wanted to hear the voice of citizens. And the board can either conduct a national search or stick with someone in-house. M63 between Benson Road and Monte Road is set to reopen before the May 10th commute. With the completion of a tunnel that's part of Whirlpool's Lakeview Trail, Whirlpool's Bayette Stocker tells us the trail connects the east and west sides of the bike trail, giving riders a safe way to get across M63. The tunnel's construction required the closure of the road. construction piece of it took about three months, which included a pretty significant utility, rewiring, reworking in the fiber lines and sewer lines and water mains, making sure that everything was operational before we actually started digging the area where the tunnel went in. Stocker says the Lakeview Trail is intended for the public, and as such, it has portions for both beginners and more advanced riders. The west side of the trail, which is under construction, is geared to more advanced riders. A celebration to mark the completion of the tunnel is planned for June. Expect the road to be back open next week. More than 450 students will graduate from Lake Michigan College this Sunday with its 76th annual commencement ceremonies. LMC Registrar Sarah Skinner tells us the graduates will receive 472 degrees and certificates. They're earning degrees and certificates in about 30 areas of study. Everything from general transfer degrees, associate in arts, associate in science, that will take them to a four-year university, to things like our health science programs, um, nursing, where they'll go right into the field. Skinner says guest speakers at the events will be students uh, Kayla Watson and Alaya Watson at the 10 a.m. ceremony and Alejandra Ramirez at the 1 p.m. ceremony. Also speaking will be LMC trustees and President Trevor Kubatsky. Skinner notes the graduates not only come from all over Michigan, but from all over the country and the world, with some international students from as far away as Brazil and Denmark. The ceremonies will be broadcast on YouTube. 
There's been plenty of progress on the new sidewalk project along Napier Avenue in St. Joseph Township. Speaking this week, Township Manager Denise Cook said one side is almost finished. It should be finished with the south side very soon, in the next week or so, and then they'll start on the north side of the road. It's, it's looking really nice. Corey Kandow with Abin Marsh tells us once the south side is done, they'll do the same on the north side, adding a six-foot-wide path for pedestrians. He says the north side should take about four to five weeks, meaning the overall project should be finished in about six weeks. The sidewalk is between Colfax and Miami Road. Kando didn't know if there are plans to extend it farther. St. Joseph Township Police Chief Randy Lang tells us with pedestrians being hit along Napier over the years, the new sidewalk is a smart move by the township. Cook says, quote, after several years of planning, the Board of Trustees and Township staff are extremely happy to see this project come to life. Ultra-distance cyclist Edwin Velarde made a stop in Benton Harbor today as part of his Windy City to Serial City Diabetes Action Ride. It's in partnership with Rotary International. After leaving New Buffalo this morning, Velarde met with members of the St. Joe Benton Harbor Rotary Club at the Inn at Harbor Shores before he headed over to South Haven by bicycle to complete the day's ride and to meet with more Rotarians. Diagnosed with diabetes 30 years ago at the age of 29, Velarde was able to control his condition after taking up cycling, and he now goes on bike rides around the world to raise awareness about the disease. The ride started in the Chicago area and continues tomorrow with a ride on the Calhaven Trail. He'll then meet with Rotarians in Kalabazoo before he completes the ride at Firekeeper's Casino in Battle Creek. That's ahead of an annual meeting of Rotarians from all over Michigan. A ceremony is planned for May 12th to place a plaque on the grave of a real daughter of the American Revolution found to have lived here in southwest Michigan. Lynn Farmer with the Algonquin chapter of the National Society of Daughters of the American Revolution tells us a real daughter is a daughter of someone who fought in the Revolutionary War. It was about a year ago that the local group discovered Lucretia Abigail Reed Wood buried at Thomas Cemetery in Bangor Township. Her father fought in the war for Massachusetts. I know that she lived to be 96 years old, and she had 14 children, and she came to Michigan when it was a wilderness with her husband, and they homesteaded here. Farmer says there are only 767 real daughters of the American Revolution in the United States, most of them in the East. It's very exciting for us. We didn't have any idea. Our previous regent, Debbie Robertson, was the one who found out from National that she had one, and of course, because the group is from Berrien County, none of them had ever heard of Thomas cemetery, and I said, oh my gosh, I know right where that is. At the May 12th ceremony will be State Senator Eric Nesbitt, State Representative Pauline Wenzel, members of the Van Buren County Board of Commissioners and descendants of Mrs. Wood. They'll place a plaque on her grave. There will also be a 21-gun salute. The event is set for 11 a.m. And set for Friday is at St. Joseph High School is the Rotary Club of St. Joe Benton Harbor's annual Rotary Track Meet. The Rotary's Randy Bedick tells us this is the 65th year for the event, set to feature 15 track teams from schools around southwest Michigan. This is one of the largest high school outdoor track meets in the state of Michigan, and it's an event that's really anticipated by uh, the area track runners because it allows the smaller schools to compete with the larger schools like St. Joe, Lakeshore, Niles. Bedick says the Rotary provides around 50 volunteers to help run the event each year. The top three teams will receive custom medals and individual runners will get scholarships. The preliminary events start at 4.30 p.m. Friday, while the finals will be at 6. It'll be $5 to get in for adults and $2 for students. The proceeds go to the Rotary Track Scholarship. Bedick says it's always a great day to see the students so energized. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report.
WSJM News Now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture in Dwozhak, where furniture shopping is fun. A deadly mass shooting occurred today at a medical facility in Atlanta, where the shooter remains on the loose. ABC's Michelle Franzen has more. Police in Atlanta have lifted the shelter-in-place alert following a deadly shooting at the Laureate Medical Center in the city's downtown. One person is dead. Four others are being treated at nearby hospitals for injuries. The search for the gunman, identified as Dion Patterson, continues. That shooting occurred around lunchtime. Witness Mike Palco says he was waiting to see a doctor along with others in the building who had casts and slings when nurses ushered everyone into one room to hide. Sitting there next to a seven-year-old girl that literally just got a cast on her arm and try and just help her not freak out. Officers and SWAT team members working to clear buildings and to get everyone to safety. Atlanta authorities are investigating a nearby carjacking that occurred not long after the shooting but are still trying to determine if it's linked to the suspect. Authorities are expected to brief the public shortly to give an update on the shooting victims and the search for the suspect. I'm Michelle Franzen, ABC News. The debt limit standoff continues between the White House and congressional Republicans, with Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell tearing into President Biden about the issue. ABC's M. Wynn has more. During a speech on the Senate floor, Republican leader Mitch McConnell tore into President Biden. President Biden have left our nation drifting toward economic disaster. Accusing him of having a total absence of presidential leadership where the debt ceiling impasse is concerned. President Biden has been sleepwalking toward this crisis. It's it's time to wake up. The administration has said the president is adamant that the debt ceiling should be raised without spending cuts and without conditions. There's a May 9th meeting at the White House with all four congressional leaders. M. Wynn, ABC News, Washington. The Fed has gone and done it again. It's another interest rate hike as it tries to slow inflation. Morph Mandy Field. Investors had hoped the Fed was about to hit the rate hike pause button. But a decision on a pause was not made today. Which means Fed Chair Jerome Powell and his committee aren't sure that the latest quarter percentage point rate hike will be enough to slam inflation into reverse. We're going to need to stay at this for a while. The latest Fed rate hike means banks will pay between 5 and 5 and a quarter percent interest. The rest of us will pay a lot more. Andy Field, ABC News, Washington. Florida Republicans have approved two bills that will restrict the use of preferred pronouns in schools and ban diversity programs in colleges. The proposals were given final passage by the Republican supermajorities in the Florida House and Senate today. Republican Governor Ron DeSantis is expected to sign the bills in the law. DeSantis has driven a hardline conservative agenda as he seeks to bolster support of Republican primary voters ahead of his expected White House run. The state's legislative session, which is scheduled to end this week, has been dominated by divisive cultural issues. Republicans in Congress are arguing more should be done by the Biden administration to stave off an expected surge of migrants at the U.S.-Mexico border next week when Title 42 expires. Congressional Republicans are slamming the Biden administration for lifting Title 42 next week, the public health rule that allowed officials to quickly expel migrants on concerns of spreading COVID-19. Senator Lindsey Graham has called the move ill-advised as the administration sends 1,500 troops to the U.S.-Mexico border to assist. They're not doing anything to deter the entry to the country. So it is political theater. This comes as President Biden worked out a deal with Mexico to keep taking on certain migrants removed from the U.S. after Title 42 is lifted. A cloud of questions hangs over Russia's claim that two Ukrainian drones flew into the very heart of Moscow under the cover of darkness, reaching the Kremlin before they were shot down at the last minute. 
Such an attack would be the most severe penetration of Russian airspace since German teen Matthias Rust landed his little single-engine plane on the fringes of Red Square in 1987. Announcing the attack, or even faking it, risks Russia undermining its citizens' trust in its frequent assertions of military superiority. Even more unsettling is that it occurred less than a week before Victory Day, which is Russia's paramount military holiday held on Red Square. And there's more evidence of pandemic learning loss. More from ABC's Sherry Preston. Nearly all of the nation's eighth graders fell behind in U.S. history and civics in 2022, compared with 2018 on the National Assessment for Education Progress. Just like math and reading scores, which have also plunged, teachers are blaming the onset of COVID-19 and its effects on students. Overall, only 13% of students performed at what's considered a proficient level in U.S. history last year. 46% of students are at the basic level, and 4 in 10 have knowledge that's below what's considered the basic level. All those numbers down from five years ago. WSJM News Now continues with your weather forecast. 